you got to pick the exercise you like and they actually do, whether that's just walking a lot or taking the stairs or yoga, running, whatever it is, pick something you like. I think having some sort of strength training practice as you age, it's helpful in avoiding sarcopenia. So I'd add that that could be really light, just a day or two a week. And then the, the last I would say is, you know, breath, like we really love the practice of nasal breathing. It is so simple and it, it has just that practice has such a significant impact and everything from heart rate variability, which plays a large role in longevity and health span. It's a real time tool for anxiety. We breathe like 27,000 times. It's, it's insane. It's like, we all do it. Just the practice of nostril breathing. It's huge. Doesn't cost anything. You don't need 20 minutes. You can do that in real time in a situation that is causing you a lot of anger and stress. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur. And I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst. And today on the show, we have Jason and Colleen Wacob, founders of Mind Body Green. And Mind Body Green is essentially a health and wellness conglomerate that reaches millions of people worldwide through their website, social media, and podcast. Mind Body Green has been around for over a decade, and I believe this is a result of their continued commitment to community and addressing all pillars of health. I also believe it's a result of their incredible panel of contributing experts. In today's chat, Jason and Colleen share each of their own health scares and how it led them to create Mind Body Green. They share why they believe their site has made it so long and the health trends that have made it through the test of time. We get into mental health and why it needs to be a focus for their brand, as well as the most eye-opening health info that they have learned lately. Our conversation gets into what Colleen and Jason's personal self-care routines look like, as well as what's next for Mind Body Green. Our combo also dovetails into the trendy topic of supplements including which to take, why Mind Body Green started formulating their own, and what sets their supplements apart from the rest. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Jason and Colleen Wacob to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Jason and Colleen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having us. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. You know, I've been a fan of Mind Body Green for a long time just because it's it's refreshing to see a a website or this form of media conglomerate, if you will, that's just solely focused on all facets of health. I mean, you guys pretty much cover everything from the mind, from the science to the soul, like yoga, wellness. And it's been cool to kind of follow the trajectory and the journey of you guys. I know initially it started off kind of like a blog website. And now it's evolved into so many other things with you got a podcast, you got supplements and you're just crushing it. But I think what the listeners would really appreciate is there's a there's a unique backstory that comes from all of this. You both had your health scares. So Jason, maybe we we start with you. I know for you, you you were, grew up playing basketball and and you went in onto Wall Street, then you had some physical ailments that kind of forced you 
to reinvent your health. So if you could walk the listeners through like what was going on at that time and then like where that took you. Sure. A great setup. All true. So <laughs> yes, I played basketball at Columbia here in New York and I graduated in 1998. And, you know, back then there, you know, there really weren't startups. There weren't pe- a lot of people doing interesting entrepreneurial things. And if you were graduating with a lot of college debt, which I was at the time, Ivy League has no scholarships. It just could be financial aid. There weren't really a lot of paths to eliminate that debt, debt other than Wall Street. And so I ended up becoming an equities trader. I actually very much enjoyed it. However, after 9-11, like a lot of New Yorkers at the time, I was very close. It was a couple blocks away from the, from the Twin Towers World Trade Center. It was deeply affected by that event and really started to question, you know, my purpose, my career, what I was here to do. And so that ended up causing me to, to leave to pursue an entrepreneurial journey, which took me various places and fast, some of them successful and most of them not successful. And the, the last unsuccessful venture in 2008 had me doing quite a bit of flying. I flew over a hundred thousand miles domestic in one year. I had at a company that I, I was co-founder of that was not doing well. Uh, it, it was a very difficult situation. I was stressed out of my mind. So the stress combined led to not sleeping so well. Also with flying, I had two extruded discs in my lower back pressing on my static nerve. So I say flying, you know, I'm six foot seven in a coach seat. I just don't fit. Like it's just like anatomically, it's just not, it's not a good look. And so old basketball injury, stress, sleep, flying, two extruded discs, my lower back, L4, L5, S1. So many millions of people like suffer from this. And it was excruciating sciatica. My right leg felt like a lightning rod. I could walk, went to see a doctor. I, I think I did an MRI. He said, you need back surgery. And I have nothing against surgery, but I generally see it as a last resort. But anyway, I saw this, saw the second opinion and doctor number two said the same thing. He said, you know, you need surgery. And it was almost like an afterthought. He said, you know, maybe some yoga or therapy could help. And Colleen and I were dating at the time, but Colleen had a yoga practice. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give this yoga a shot. So it started with five to 10 minutes, really light yoga in the morning and evening, started to feel better. And yoga for me became the gateway drug for health and wellness and that I started to, to look at everything in my life, you know, nutrition, for example, I've always been a fit guy as an athlete, but clearly something was going on in my body. And my idea of nutrition back then was steak and martinis at the Palm Steakhouse. I consumed so much. My caricature is on the wall of the Palm Steakhouse in Midtown Manhattan next to Adam Sandler and Joe Namath. It's kind of insane how much meat and alcohol you have to consume in one year to achieve that <laughs> accolade, if you will. But I did it. It's still there, I think. At any rate, I, I still I still eat meat, not as much, make sure it's grass fed. But started to look at like my diet, like eat more plant based, started to look at, you know, my environment, toxins, what I was putting in my body or household. And I made a number of changes in my life. Yoga was a big part of it. And I completely healed over the course of about six months. And I said, you know, holy cow, everyone's got well-being wrong. Now this is like in 2009 now, you know, 
people tended to think of quote unquote wellness as the spa, anything covered in media tended to be very focused on vanity and weight loss. Anything that was a little bit more holistic was very new agey, kind of preached to the choir of people who lived in the west side of LA or Brooklyn or Boulder. And to me, there was an opportunity not just to preach the preach the choir, but build build a bigger church. And now the strong point of view to me was so clear. True well-being was this fundamental physical, spiritual, emotional, and environmental well-being, all connected. One word, my buddy green. And so that that's how you do, that's how it all started. Hmm. That's really inspiring. And I think you're right. I, I think like I'm not somebody who's against having any kind of surgery or medication or, or anything like that. But I do think there's something to be said to ch- dealing with the underlying causes of all of that, you know, first and seeing where that like leads to, because it's easy to just take a, a pill or it's easy to do this and then fix the problem short term. And then you're still stuck in those same habits. You're eating crappy food. You're not moving your body. You're not stretching. You're surrounding yourself with crappy people. And then three years later, another surgery or more blood, more blood pressure issues or cholesterol issues. And you see that a lot now with our healthcare system where it's more like sick care. It's not even healthcare. It's reactive healthcare where people are just reacting to the, their, some of their own problems that they've created and then taking medication and getting surgeries for that instead of dealing with, with the root cause. So, so Colleen, I want to kind of dive into your story. I, th- I think it's cool that like, first of all, that you guys were dating and then, you know, Jason, you had your, your issues, your issues you were dealing with. And then Colleen just so happened to be teaching yoga. And that was the gateway for you to create your transformation. And then for you guys to create what you've created today. So Colleen, I know you were dealing with something really serious. I think it was like a, like a blood clot or something along those lines that really forced you to take a deeper dive into your health. So can you, if you could walk the audience through what that, what that looked like, that would be awesome. Absolutely. And so much of what you've said around sick care resonates because I think one of the things we've learned in over a decade at Mind Body Green is, is you definitely have to be, to take Frank Lippman's words, you know, the conductor of your own health orchestra, even if you have the best doctors and, and people around you. So to get back to your original question, I, I had always been interested in, in health and wellness before those words kind of were part of the vernacular because I grew up in a Southern California beach town. So health and wellness was an undercurrent of, of growing up there, even though we didn't really use those words to describe being outside, spending time in the sun um, and, and doing a lot of movement and sports. In my 20s, I, I started to feel my late 20s a little bit disconnected. I was really missing purpose. I was working within fashion retail and there was this disconnect between what I was doing every way, every day and my purpose and my values. And then Jason and I moved to New York and in my, my early thirties, I, w- I was still working within corporate retail. And one day after actually a, a yoga class at our mutual friend, Tara Stiles in, in, in Soho, I, I called Jason and I was like, I'm feeling a little out of breath. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll come and we'll take the subway home together. And we took the subway home and I was walking up the stairs and I just collapsed. We got out of the subway after I got back up and, you know, Jason was like, we're going to go to the hospital. I'm like, no, I'm fine. We'll call the doctor. I think it was a really hard class, you know, anything to avoid going to a hospital and called the doctor. I'm like, okay, I'm fine. And then on Monday, Jason was like, you have to go to the 
hospital first or to the doctor first thing. And I saw my my physician who said, you have clots in your lungs. You need to go to NYU hospital right now. You know, and the doctors there said there were showers of, of clots in my lungs. And it it for me was was definitely one of those life inflection points of, you know, a huge kind of kick in the butt. Wow, things are just not in alignment right now. There was a pretty lengthy rehabilitation process to start feeling like yourself, myself, to start having energy, you know, to start feeling comfortable taking the subway to work again and, and doing all those kind of normal things you take for granted. But it was hugely transformationally personally. You know, there is that cliche that, of all the learnings that come out of something bad. And, you know, it, it's true, definitely true in this experience for me. And, and that was the inflection point and catalyst for me to move away from, you know, my corporate jobs and to really focus and evolve from moonlighting at Mind Body Green to, to making wellness, you know, my, my definitive focus in life. Hmm. So what did, well, I mean, first of all, that's awesome that you were able to overcome that because a lot of people, they might have a health scare like that and that might, it might stop there. They could end up completely de debilitated or, or die or, or whatever. And it's, it's thank gosh that you made it out of that like alive and that you're doing what you're doing now. But I guess going back to my original question I was going to ask was like, how did you and Jason then let then merge? And then on top of that, I wanted to ask like, why do you think mind body green has, has lasted as long as it has? Cause like, there's plenty of people that start these wellness blogs and they might post for like a month and then they're done or they might post for a year and they're done. So if you could speak to that, that would be awesome. So a couple of things. One, I think, so how did we merge? So in the early days, it was just, you know, me and our apartment all in full time. And Colleen supported, you know, me, us financially and would move like nights and weekends. And then when we got to the point where financially we could support both of us, with some form of paycheck, that that's when Colleen joined officially, uh, which is still a long, 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. But in terms of like why we're still around, I, you know, but look, I, I think we, we work hard. We're extraordinarily passionate about what, about what we do. There is no separation between life and work. This is the way we live. All of our friends are in this, in this space, you know, the people we both know. Right. Harris Styles, Rich Roll, like these are people we've known for 10, 12 years now. And it, it is our life. They are one. I think we're, I think we're curious, but above all, I think we're lucky, you know, to your point, like so much of this, you just can't control. <laughs> right. Extraordinarily grateful. You can never control the macro environment. You could never, there's so much you just, cause you, you can't control. And at the highest level, I think we're extraordinarily blessed that We've been able to do this and do it successfully. Yeah. And we've obviously benefited from the huge tidal wave of interest in health and wellness. When we started My Mighty Green, it was definitely speaking to a more health forward community. And it was a very active and engaged community. And now wellness is a new expression of personal values for so many people in the same way. And I'm going to, in the same way that beauty or fashion. Uh, has been for so many people. And I think at the end of the day, health and wellness isn't a trend. It's something that people are always going 
important to be focused on. And what we've always tried to do is cut through the clutter and try to help steer people on things that are time tested, have science, you know, to back it up or things we've incorporated into our own lives that have worked. And and those things never go out of style. Yeah. And I think you said something that that really that resonated, I think, in the, of, of why I think you're so successful. And that's that you've created this community of people and that you are like one with it. Like, you know, you said there's no separation of life and work. This is how you live because there's a lot of websites that obviously are successful and they're great. Like, there's a lot. There's plenty of great health websites. But I think what separates you guys is you have these you had but you were having live events before COVID. You know, you have a podcast, you have supplements, you're in the community you're creating this community aspect within your organization that people are drawn to. Like people want to be part of a community. And then you also mentioned clutter and the Rolodex of people that are either involved with your website, have been on your podcast, have been to your events, events is not only massive, but it's some of the best of the best in the industry. And there's a lot of noise out there in the health and wellness space. There's this, there's that, there's eat this, don't eat that. So you've been at this for almost 10 years. What are some of the common themes that you've seen stick through the 10 years amongst all the noise that's out there? So that that have lasted the test of time. Yeah. I I think you want to go for authenticity. Yeah. I think being a domain expert is another big one. I think right now, currently we're, uh, you speak of, you talk about clutter. I think there's influencer clutter. Yep. But I think we, we, tend to separate influencers and domain experts. We've all, all always very much valued for two people who don't have letters after their name. We've always very much valued people who do have letters after their name in terms of PhDs and MDs and RDs yeah. specifically in our world. I think that's meaningful. I think those are kind of the things that have least stuck out to me, like what's really lasted over the past decade. Yeah. Sleep fitness is huge for me. <laughs> And it's transformative effect on your health and wellness. Something that, you know, we say often is, you know, the best movement is the one you actually do. Yeah. And, you know, we have in in some ways extraordinarily simple wellness routines of our own. They're they're not complex. We have two kids. We're pretty busy as entrepreneurs. So that's a value that's definitely, you know, stayed relevant. And, And one great evolution we've seen from the early days of, of Mind Body Green is, you know, this normalization around mental health and how that's become so much more of the gateway for a lot of people within their health and wellness journey, which I, I just think is is great and inspiring. Right. Yeah. And and I think one of the things that you you just said, I was you spoke on consistency and I get asked as a trainer, like, well, what's the best workout plan? I, I often say the very something very similarly. So the best workout plan is the one you'll stick to. End of story. Like anybody can be a flash in the pan and go out and do CrossFit for a week. Any, like, I mean, when I say anybody, like most people can do that, right? Anybody can go to a yoga class every day for a week. I mean, but it's what counts is how often you, you go and then how long you do it. Like, are you somebody who just goes once a month or are you somebody who goes two or three times a week over the course of years? Like there's a huge difference. And and you spoke on mental health and I was actually going to ask you guys about that. You know, there was a recent report that came out. I don't know if it was yesterday or a couple of days ago that the drug overdose deaths yeah. are up almost 30%, you know, year over year from 2019 to 2020. You know, I've been in recovery for 
for gosh, it's going on almost 13 years now. And it's something that's near and dear to my heart and the hearts, frankly, of many. Are you thinking about or are you now like shifting more into talking more about addiction and mental health as it relates to wellness? I know you, we've touched, you've touched on it. Obviously, I was able to write an article for you guys on that subject, but has there been conversations regarding that? We had a conversation with our executive editor an hour before this interview. Not <laughs> very, very, the, the, the very study of the statistics. Look, it, it, it's, you know, I'm an optimist, but you see statistics like that. You, you have to really start to, to think about the potential long-term consequences when we think about mental health. COVID coming down of a lockdown, I, I tend to also think, oh God, like there are kids in there that aren't even reported or our mental health issues are starting to begin. You hear stories of, you know, kids in their, in their youth who were really left behind, who weren't able to go to school for after school programs. Maybe their parents were essential workers or on the front line. And, and like, those are the kids that really got left behind. Like, no, like, and so I am, we are extraordinarily concerned about the tsunami that I think we're just unfortunately in the early stages of with regards to mental health, like robbing into like guns and gun control and that, there, there are some yeah, we're, we're just scratching the surface yeah. of our understanding of the mental health implications of the past 16, 17 months. You know, it's, it's drug addictions, it's spousal abuse, it's child abuse. It, it is so multifaceted. And, you know, the conversation and, and question we have being part media company is, you know, how do we bring this information to light in the most responsible way and, and, and empower people to, to help themselves, their families and in their community because because we don't we don't want to just we, we had this discussion earlier we just saw a report on this statistic we we're like oh my god we're in serious trouble and then you know and the story and not a, well with so you know we're optimists we want to empower people we want to educate people so look it, it, it's a, it's a huge it's a huge problem it's a com- complex issue but we need to deal with it and i think the, you know the, i think the silver lining is we're all talking about it I think that the numbers are so egregious that how can you not acknowledge what's going on? And I think a lot, this is a top of mind for a lot of a lot of people right now. Yeah, and I think we're learning how to raise children in different ways to make them more emotionally resilient. There's a much larger percentage of kids in therapy now than there were 10, 20 years ago. You know, we come home from we came home from work yesterday and we're laughing when our daughter, our four-year-old, was telling our two-year-old to take a deep breath. And get in touch with her calmness. You know, they're learning essential schools at school, essential tools that we didn't have in our toolkit when we were four, 14, or, or for some of us, even 40. The irony is our four and a half year old is not that good at, with that skill. So <laughs> already, you know, telling the two year old, you need to take a deep breath. And she needs, it's the area of an improvement for her. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're always best at giving advice and not necessarily taking our own, but yeah, along those same lines, like you're, you're right. I mean, I'll, I'll throw in like body image in there. That's, I was just saying, I put a post out, was it last week that I want to start having a few conversations specifically with, with women around the, the subject of mental health and body image and why I say women, it's not that guys don't struggle with this too, is that I saw a stat from the CDC. It was released maybe a month ago or 
or something that hospitalizations for attempted suicides by teenage girls was up like 50% in a time period. And, and yes, I think the pandemic certainly played into that, but I think it was coming. I think social media, the internet, technology, like all this stuff just expedited what was already happening. And, and COVID just was the, like pulled the trigger on it. A hundred percent. You know, as the parents of two young girls, it's, it's an area of attention, focus and, and concern for us. And it, it's not just the suicide, but it's everything else. When you yeah. anxiety levels, depression levels, you know, girls not wanting to socialize, not wanting to get their driver's license. And it's hard not to acknowledge the impact of social media. And while I, I try to acknowledge that social media isn't binary, it's also the tool that lets my kids FaceTime with their grandparents on another coast. It is having a disproportionately negative impact. And I, I can't imagine, you know, navigating junior high or high school with that pressure compounded with a pandemic where, where kids are seeing other kids at, and they're excluded from some of the conversations and gatherings that are happening. It, it, it's really worrisome. Well, and I think the path out of all this, not the, it's not the solution, but I think something that can be a huge tool is, is health and wellness, right? We know the benefits of exercise, movement yoga, eating well, meditation. And I think sometimes that gets overlooked by the masses. I mean, sure, we, we hear that and we know that because we're in the space, but you know, hopefully moving forward, the talk of incorporating health and wellness into some of these programs of helping people with anxiety, depression, mental health, or even being proactive within the homes and in the schools is I hope hopefully that happens more. And I'm sure be part of the conversation with you guys is because I know you're, you're so wellness focused and you go out and get the experts to help kind of connect the dots within that. So you're not just bringing on some random health influ influencer who's talking about this or talking about that just for their, their own gain, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the fitness analogy that you brought up of, you know, what's the the fitness workout plan that you're actually going to do is is super relevant here because I I think sometimes where the wellness quote unquote industry goes awry is, you know, some of the solutions are just way too complex. Like I, I don't have time to meditate two times a day, but I think helping, you know, someone in schools with breath work techniques that they can do while they're sitting in their chair when they're struggling in class or school that can be incorporated into their life will have a profound impact. So agree. Yeah. That's why I resonated with Tara Styles so much. I was like, wait, I don't have to go to a yoga class every day. I can just do this. And it was, I was like, where, where have you been my whole life? Cause, <laughs> uh, cause I'm just the person who was like, the, I'm like, I'm your worst student. I'm the first person who just is not consistent with yoga. Like I say, I'm going to do meditation. I'll do it for a few weeks and then I'll, something will happen and I'll, I'll stop. But so with that said, along those, along those same lines, like, is there, is there other things that you've seen through the years that have been health things that from all these experts where there's common themes? Cause there's so many people that there's, they're either on the vegan side or plant-based side, or they're, they're not, or they're on the carnivore side and they're not. And it seems like you guys do a really good job to bridge that gap. So is there common themes that you've seen in the health and wellness space that you've learned from, from many of these experts? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second. But first, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Danette May and Earth Echo Foods. Danette was a past guest on the podcast and shared her incredible story 
and how it inspired her to create her products such as Cacao Bliss, which I take every day, either in my coffee or in a smoothie. It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then it's blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to keto, gluten-free, paleo, vegan, and vegetarian diets. So go to earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Bobst. Again, earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Bobst. Check it out for yourself and learn more about the amazing benefits of Cacao Bliss. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on three pillars. So, you know, eating, moving, and breathing. So in terms of eating, without question, eating a more plant-based diet, not vegan, not right. carb, you know, but, but plant-based. So like having, eating mostly vegetables and fruits. If that is the majority of your diet, whether that's 70%, 80%, 90%, like the rest probably doesn't matter as much. So I think it, it is very, it's almost impossible to argue that eating a majority of vegetables, fruit, it's just bad for you. It, 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 it's the best thing for right. Go down the rabbit hole of lectins versus fruits that are, have a more significant glucose impact. But like, unless, you know, we're talking about like whether you have autoimmune or some sort of sensitivity for the most part, like if you just eat mostly fruits and vegetables, you're good. So it's eating, it's hard to argue against that. And limiting your processed food. Like, you know, all the fake meat out there, it's fantastic if you're vegan, not really healthy for you. Right. So, but right. it's fun. Every once in a while, it's fun to have an impossible beyond burger. You're vegan, fantastic. Or if you have cardiovascular issues, fantastic. Moving, I think it's pretty simple. You got to pick the exercise you like and they actually do. Whether that's just walking a lot or taking the stairs or yoga, running, whatever it is, pick something you like. I think having some sort of strength training practice as you age, it's helpful in avoiding sarcopenia. So I'd add that. That could be really light, just a day or two a week. And then the, the last I would say is, you know, breath. Like we really love the practice of nasal breathing. It is so simple. Did like, you guys have James Nestor on the show? We did. We had James Nestor. We had Patrick McEwen. And it, it has just that practice has such a significant impact and everything from heart rate variability, which plays a large role in longevity and health span. Dealing with it's a real time tool for anxiety. And it's, we breathe like 27,000 times. It's, it's insane. It's like, we all do it. Just the practice of nostril breathing. It's huge. Doesn't cost anything. You don't need 20 minutes. You can do that in real time in a situation that is causing you a lot of anger and stress. You can turn on your nasal and then, and then you can be talking about box, all sorts of like different breathwork practices for different situations. But like those three things like are, are really simple and anyone can do regardless of resources, time. And that's the, the opportunity for the wellness world right now. There are a lot of fancy things. Like, look, I wear a lot of fancy things. I got my whoop, I got my aura, I got my Fitbit, I get 28 vials of blood every quarter. Like I go for it all, but 
it's really that simple. Not everyone's crazy like me when it comes to this, nor should they be. So I think some of, you know, the things that have resonated, we talk about this theme of consistency, but you have to be intentional about front loading your, your healthy habits to make sure you get it in. So, you know, that can be as simple for me as like making sure in my smoothie that I'm putting in a lot of vegetables so that before I leave my house, when who knows what's going to happen with the rest of my day, I've gotten in five servings of vegetables, putting that scoop of our grass-fed collagen into my, my morning latte, which is so important for me for so many protein, inner beauty, et cetera, gut health reasons. Second is this theme of, of self-care that I think really needs to get redefined. I think self-care got a little hijacked on, on Instagram. And I, I think there's value in really thinking, okay, what practices actually help me restore, connect back to me? It may not be that relaxing bath that you see within Instagram. It could be therapy. It could be a lot of other things. It could be going, going on a run. It can be, you know, so, so therapeutic and and then last, you know, something we've been talking a lot about at Mind Body Green this year is this idea of joy. And I think it gets lost within the wellness conversation and it can you know, sometimes be, be polarized of, you know, almost, almost biohacking, you know, at, at, on one extreme. And we have to be intentional about ensuring we have, you know, these moments of joy in our life and, and, and understanding what, what brings us that spark. Yeah. Yeah, you brought up some really good points. And I think, Jason, like we'll start with what you said. I think there is these common themes that you mentioned that if if us as a country or us as a society could just do those things, we'd be a lot healthier. But the problem is people fight over the extremes within those things. And I'm like, just cut out processed foods, eat more fruits and vegetables, eat, don't like get rid of the factory farming if you can, like don't drink excessive amounts of alcohol, get drugs, like all that stuff. And we'll be a lot healthier as a country. And I just started doing a mostly plant-based challenge for the month of July. This guy, I don't know if you guys know Simon Hill, he hosts the Plant Proof Podcast, but he's out, he's in Australia. And he kind of challenged me to do this mostly plants. He's like, challenge, like I can do that. He's like, you can eat whatever you want for dinner. You can eat your grass-fed beef. You can eat bison. And I was like, I can do that. And I feel great. I mean, I'm adjusting because it's like totally different than what I've done, but my digestion is way better. I, I just feel like less achy. And this is me personally. And again, it's all individualistic for what works for you. But I definitely invite people to at least give that a try. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with eating more fruits and vegetables. So I'm glad you brought that up. And and Colleen, like this, this idea of joy, I, you're right. It's so important because there's this, I think there's this notion that to be healthy means you have to be miserable. And it's just not that way. There's plenty of people that are, in the health and wellness space that, that have fun. Yeah. And, but I do think there's people in the health and wellness space that sometimes we can take it too far. And because of social media and because of the, in the personal development space, we're constantly looking at what other people are doing. It's easy to fall into that, into that comparison trap. So like, what do you, like both of your like self, you talked about self care. And I think that's an important topic, especially, especially now with what's, what's gone on. So what does each of your like self-care routine looks like? What does like, a, like, if you were to say, if I get these five things done for my health and wellness every single day or every single week, I'm golden. What does that look like? So I'm, I'm a big micro velvet person. So the things that, that I swear by intermittent fasting works great for me. So I do that pretty much every day at a minimum. 
mostly 16 hours. Some days I go up to 20. I, I drink a lot of black coffee. I love black coffee. Every lunch during the week, I do a smoothie with, I love our grass-fed collagen powder as well. And I throw a bunch of vegetable, frozen vegetables, frozen is cheaper, better shelf stable, frozen vegetables in there with, and I rotate alternative milks and that's like my lunch and almond butter, avocado. So it's like very calorically dense. That's my lunch. We have a gym in our building. I do strength training for 10 minutes, twice a week. That's it. I, I track my heart rate variability. I try to get it up. I just do it really quick and fast. So I get the heart rate up. I walk everywhere. I track my steps. And even a lot of them will have some debate. Like to some degree, it doesn't, they're not that meaningful. But for me, it's an indication of how much I'm moving. Coincidentally, I, I hate elevators. So it works well for me. I take the stairs everywhere. And so I'm always moving. We walk back and forth. We're blessed to live four blocks away. So we're walking back and forth constantly. So always moving. I do like a little light yoga dinner at home. We always have dinner together as a family. We try to like start off the week. Great. Like we always have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's always pretty much the same. We have a lot of cooked vegetables Monday night for dinner with the kids. Tuesday we'll do salmon, uh, wild salmon. Wednesday we'll do bean and cheese quesadillas. So we get our beans in there. Dan Buter, blue zones will be happy. Dr. Godry, not so much, <laughs> but all good. We're fine with me. And then like, we'll, we'll kind of have fun and, and so forth. But like that, that's, I'd say like, that's what we have time for. I'll do meditation every once in a while when I can, but I'll probably try to breathe through my nose at all time. You know, I we track our sleep. I, I take our, I swear by our sleep supplement as well. That's kind of what works for me. Yeah. We're, I'm shockingly minimalists when it comes to our routines. Like they're nothing fancy. Jason mentioned intermittent fasting. I do more circadian fasting. You know, our our, our kids eat really early. So whether it was inadvertently or intentionally, I, I fell into that lifestyle and it really, I really responded to it. I'm a big proponent of front loading your habits. So whether it's, you know, hydration, making sure before you leave the house that you have those four glasses of water, at least that's what I try for having servings, a lot of servings and vegetables in the morning smoothie, the scoop of collagen in my morning latte. We, we, we do consume a lot of coffee on the movement front. I'm now 42. I, I've, I've gravitated more towards strength training than I did in my, in my 20s and 30s. And I'm a huge fan of solid core for that. And then I love getting movement in from, from our mutual friend, Tara Styles and Pilates from, from Leah Bartha when I'm at home. And then sleep fitness is something I'm, I'm super passionate about. As someone who struggled with sleep, I think you have to be just so intentional about the way in which you, you go about your caffeine consumption and in your bedroom to, to try to get a good night's sleep. I am not myself if, if that's out of whack. And with two little kids, sometimes no matter what sleep hygiene and what sleep fitness you practice, it's not going to happen. But between having our bedroom at a really cool temperature, even in the New York winter, we're at 65 to 67. Um, we've made a, an investment in an avocado mattress that, you know, is good for the environment and we sleep well on it. I do take our sleep support supplement every night. I had, we have blackout shades, but, you know, falling and staying asleep was something that didn't come naturally to me and that I have to be super intentional about, but I find that it has a profound impact on, on how I deal the next day. 
And that was kind of so well said because I wanted people to take away that just keep it simple and do what works for you. Like, you know, you both kind of shared different approaches to what works for each and every one of you. But I think the common theme is, is that it's what works for you. And it's simple. Like, it's just, that's the, that's the name of the game. I think people, they try to go from like step one to like step 100 without doing step two, three, four, five. And they end up falling flat on their face over and over again because, and I think it goes back to these expectations that people put on themselves. And then also, I think just as a byproduct of looking at social media so much or anything else. And again, I think social media is a great tool. Like we wouldn't be connecting like this if there wasn't anything like that. But with that said, like you really have to know if you're doing something because social media told you so, or because you genuinely feel that you're capable of doing it and that it aligns with, with your goals. And, and so with that said, like we're going to, I definitely want to talk more about your supplements because I know you've mentioned it a few times and I think it's an important conversation to have because I, I mean, I'm a big fan of supplements and I want people to make sure they're getting the, getting the best quality ones, which I know you've created some amazing stuff. But before that, like what was one recent thing that you learned from somebody you interviewed? Maybe it was somebody that wrote an article for your site from one of the experts that you've been like, huh, that either shocked me or you've applied it to your life, if anything. I'm going to come back to every interview I do or everything I read about breath. Mm-hmm. I am astounded yeah. by the impact our breath, specifically nasal breathing, has on our, our long-term health of well-being. Just, then there's astounded everything from nasal breathing dealing with like sleep apnea, sleep apnea was the catalyst for James Nestor he, he, to increase like, heart rate variability, just to dealing with COVID, respiratory health. Like, so I, I come back to nasal breathing and it's just shocking considering how simple it is in, in terms of like bank for your buck and, and health and well-being. If you can just really work on your breath, and basal breathing, respiratory rate. Wow. The impact is incredible. Yeah. That was one of the most eye-opening books I've ever read was Breath by James Nestor. It was so fascinating and I was shocked and it, it all made sense. And then like when you, you read the science or you've been talking to him, I mean, I haven't talked to, to Greg, but I was like, wow, like this is insane to me. And it makes so much sense. Like when he plugged his nose for 10 days or two weeks or whatever the experiment was, and he was sharing all these things. Like, and it, you just logically start to think about what would happen if you just started rapidly breathing through your mouth or you started just breathing more or you didn't hold your breath and you didn't train yourself to be able to go like without oxygen. Like what, what would happen to your brain? Like it would just, it, or your body and, and your health. And it was, it was so fascinating. So Colleen, what about you? A book I read recently that really resonated was Nedra Tawib's book, Find Boundaries, Found Peace. And, you know, in a lot of the ways we like to bring things to life on Mind, Body, Green, it's filled with actionable, you know, in this scenario, here's how to apply boundaries. And I, I think it's something we all struggle with and a skill and a muscle that we can all and all flex. So I'm yeah. Sorry. yeah, boundaries are key, right? And especially like we sometimes need to do a better job of setting boundaries, not just with other people, but within ourselves and like what we're going to stand for and what we're going to do, how much time we're going to spend on our phones, what we're going to eat. And, and so now I want to shift into like what's next for mind, body, green, 
because I know it initially, obviously it started as, as a website and it's progressed into many other things. You've got a podcast now and you also have supplements. So where did the, where did the motivation come um, from for the supplements? There's just so many different companies that, that are selling supplements now, but what makes yours kind of different from that? And then where did the inspiration come from? Sure. So building off of Colleen's pulmonary embolism, a couple of years ago, so I'm 46 now, my father died of heart disease at 47. I have access to all these great functional medicine doctors. One of them is my personal doctor, Frank Lippman. And so my early 40s, I said to Frank, can we get a little bit more sophisticated on testing for me beyond like blood pressure, like the standard stuff you do. So it turned out, you know, I did all these tests and everything was fine with the exception of, of one marker, homocysteine. Hmm. Mine was sky high. It was so high. Lipman thought it was a mistake. He said, take the test again. Took it again. Was it a mistake? To give you some context of, of how high it was, uh, homocysteine should be under 15. Mine was 63. Well, uh, homocysteine at that level could lead to catastrophic clotting, like a pulmonary embolism. His homocysteine levels were higher than With mine. mine yeah. And Colleen's, which he had her straight. To this day, every doctor I speak of, I'm like, what's the highest you've ever seen? I'm like, you ever see 63? People are like, no. I'm like, well, that was me. You know, kind of stroke, pulmonary embolism, aneurysm, serious. And so it's like, holy cow. I didn't go to Dr. Google immediately. I just said to Frank, I'm like, what do I do, Frank? Like, you know, is it surgery? pharmaceutical what and he was like no i'm gonna messenger over supplements it wasn't like i'm gonna ship them to you i'm gonna messenger them over so i was like holy cow this is, this is bad <laughs> and i said to colleen colleen was like why because colleen actually knew what this marker was was it first uh pe and so frank sent a cocktail over b vitamins and within 30 days, my homocysteine went from 63 to 23, and then eventually down to, and now it's between like 12 and 15. So is that caused from like a lack of B vitamins in your diet? Thing. So both Colleen and I have the MTHFRG, which approximately 40% of the population has. And we also have the C677T mutation, which makes it a little bit more problematic. And so there's a, like a larger thing where I'm convinced that most people have higher homocysteine than they know, but a lot of doctors just don't test for it. So it was through, but that's another. Right. So another if you're actually, you have a gene and you get tests for homocysteine. So with that said, you know, I, I didn't, this wasn't diet related. This is like, I don't methylate. So, and the only answer was essentially cocktail of B vitamins. And so. I've been in that range since then, but I had this eye-opening experience where I was like, well, I always believed in supplements, but I was like, holy cow, I really believe in supplements. Cause like I, I, I could make the case that supplements saved my life. Like that, like if you look at the, the data on homocysteine, it's almost like a J curve, like the higher the number goes, like the, like the, it becomes quite serious quite quickly. And so I became then the guy that was a supplement junkie, a testing junkie. And now I get you know, 28 vials of blood a couple of times a year. I track everything. And then, so through that process, he said to Colleen and I, we're like, wow, like we always thought about doing products, but there's an opportunity here to really do something, you know, 
beyond our problem, methylation, and ask ourselves, like, are there, are there bigger problems like, you know, sleep, anxiety, longevity, like other problems that we could really put products together that could change people's lives. And it began, began a two-year process and exploration where we said, you know what, like, there's an opportunity here better for you a lot in our world in terms of products. Like we didn't want to do better for you. Let's do best for you. And as we say, like we have a lot of boxes to check here, so to speak. And we couldn't quite find anything that checked all of our best for you boxes. And so that became the inspiration for our supplement line and which we take everything. We build products for ourselves. We're, we're, you know, and we're really excited to build all of them. We've got a lot coming out the pipeline, but it personally, that's just been a, a journey and again, came from a place of holy, you know, turning uh, lemons into lemonade, if you will. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Colleen, if, if you do feel free to, to, to chime in, but I guess to piggyback off of that, you know, while not everyone might not take every single supplement, maybe you guys make, or that it's out there from your uh, experience and talking to all these experts and just what you've seen in the supplement world. Are there any that you guys um, sell or just supplements in general that the average person should just make sure for sure they include into their regiment? Well, sleep fitness, if you're struggling with sleep, like yeah. build that product for Colleen. Yeah. I mean, also I, for I, other I, people. Yeah. I, I, I was not overjoyed with some of the cognitive side effects of traditional pharmaceuticals when it comes to sleep. Yeah. Which was why this sleep support formula was, you know, was, was very personal. Sleep support plus we both take every night. And of course it has to be paired with some element of, of sleep fitness, but that that's obviously a product type yeah. and religious that. <laughs> and then one of the early ones for me are probiotic. So like uh, I've struggled with bloating forever. Like, irregularity, bloating, didn't matter how fit I was, or there'd always be like a little bit extra around the waist, a little bit, or a lot of it irregular. Like I would not have bowel movements every day. I would alternate, like all the things you don't want to hear. It's like, you want to go every day. Every, so I, that was not me. No matter how fit, no matter what diet I was on, like I could eat all the vegetables in the world or all the, like anything just wouldn't matter. And so we designed that product for people like me, which is a lot of people who suffer from bloating or irregularity. That product has become a game changer for me where I am regular like clockwork every day. And, and like, to me, that's a quality of life, right? <laughs> that's not only about health, it's about quality of life. I can remember so many like awkward situations, like wouldn't go for a couple of days that, oh my God, and feel terrible and have to like all of a sudden run to a bathroom in like a public place. Yeah. But... Yeah. And you're right. It is about quality of life. It's not just about your physical health, but do you want to be the person who's having to get up like, you know, it randomly to go to the bathroom or just like, because and I think indirectly too, it's going to like spill over into other areas of your life. If you're constantly feeling constipated and bloated and what we know about the gut and the mind gut connection, right? You're going to, your mood's going to be off. You know, I think like, was it 90% of your serotonins in your gut? I think yeah. and like 50% of your dopamine. So your definite, your energy is going to be off the way you feel about yourself. It's all going to feel completely dysregulated. And then also like the fact of the matter is it's just, 
you want to make sure that you're, if we're going to optimize our, our mindset and put a lot of energy into that, you got to optimize your second mind. And that's the gut too. So yeah, definitely sleep, gut. And then like, what is it about your supplements? Like that you think makes them different than like the ones you would buy at, at GNC or the ones you would buy at vitamin shop or online. I mean, is it testing? Is it just, I know you say you put the best quality stuff in there too, right? So it's a couple of things. One, it's definitely quality. We don't compromise. We approach each product, you know, can we, can we get the best quality ingredient with the science behind it? You know, are there clinicals? Like, can we get the best according to science? And anything where there's a feeling attached, we make sure we feel it. Like we test and build products for ourselves. And there's so much, like we've learned so much in this process that we obsess over things that people don't even know to look for in supplements. To give you an example that in terms of excipients and capsules, which is essentially like the thing, there's always excipients, it's like below the line of supplement facts. A lot of people use duck feathers. What? Really? I'm serious. <laughs> uh, uh, which it's not called duck feathers, but it's essentially duck feathers. And so in there, <laughs> I'm like, it's like, we're like, we, are you kidding? Like people do this, it's like common, like we can't do that. And so I think for us, we obsess over quality and things that you don't even know or should even think about in terms of obsession. And ultimately we believe in best for you not better for you and we'll never put a product out there that we don't think is the best right no that's that's and awesome the all the testing that everyone does yeah. testing and quality but but you know we need they have to deliver end of day we've got to be the products have to work hmm. so other than the, the sleep product and the probiotic what are some of your best selling products or the ones that that you're most excited about for people to try like it's like picking between children. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there there's an incredible collagen product that we've we both talked about that has eight additional powerhouse ingredients for both beauty and gut health. So when we call about, you know, being intentional about getting in, you know, those extra habits, I love those things that work super hard for you. So you're not just getting 17.7 grams of protein, but you're also doing such great things for your skin and your gut health, which is so important. There's an incredible immune support product, which we've been taking for, for two years now. For two years. So our immune support plus is kind of a, a great mix of the old and the new. So like the old player, you know, zinc bisglycinate, which is the best form, most highly absorbable form of zinc combined with vitamin C and vitamin D. And I think we've all coming out of COVID, there, there's great data around like the need for, for those three minerals. And then it's combined with well made, which is a branded beta glucan, which a lot of people have been using to avoid flu season and avoid allergies, and then quercetin phytazole, which is kind of a new, exciting bioflavonoid that a lot of people are talking about. A lot of people were taking extraordinarily high doses during the peak of COVID to to, to mitigate mitigate possible effects, and so we've combined all of those. and And the way we think about it is. This is like kind of our new daily to for a world that's opening up. <laughs> no matter where you are in COVID and, and all that, you know, great conversations to have about opening up and vaccination, well, wherever you are on that. 
I think there's no question that you need new daily support. And that one we were really excited about because no one's combined those ingredients that way. So, and I'm, I'm the guy who used to self-will. Like I, I'm, I'm just like, it's all about me. Like <laughs> I like for me, I would have seasonal allergies, like clockwork, like really bad sinuses, like throbbing. And this is, I made it through every season since taking this product. We took it for about 18 months. So wow. I just build products for me. <laughs> I hope people like them. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I hopefully, you know, all kidding aside that people have hopefully had a, a wake up call to take better care of their health during this time. And that moving forward, they're going to start to incorporate a lot of the things we've talked about on the podcast, whether it's, you know, finding an exercise routine that works for you, eating more healthy foods, supplementing with the right products, breath work, meditation, yoga, so that they can put their shield up and protect themselves from the next time something like this happens or from the flu or, or other like viruses that will eventually come. I don't think viruses are just going to go away. Um, and with that, with that said, I guess the last thing I want to kind of touch on to follow up with the supplements. So what's, I know you, before we recorded, you you mentioned that you have some stuff coming out. So what are some supplements that are coming soon that you're excited to talk about? So there, there's one coming back. It's an oldie, but it's new because it's been out of stock for seven months. Wow. It's our, our, you know, we talk about like eating plants and we have an organic veggies powder that's sold out numerous times. It was featured on Good Morning America. And yes, you should eat real plants. It's not a substitute for eating real <laughs> vegetables. However, our powder is rich in sea vegetables. And, you know, if we do a show of hands for your audience, how many people are eating kelp every day? Probably not that many. And they're, they're so important to put in your diet and our digestive enzymes in there, which are so critical for digestion, especially as you age. And it's great for blood sugar, like hits on multiple issues that kind of people have. And, and that one, we're so excited to be bring back in stock. So that's the one we're so excited about. Yeah. Well, coupled with that, there's prebiotic, probiotic, yeah, digestive enzymes. So it's a true power punch for those folks yeah. who are looking to get a one, two punch. It's got 31 ingredients. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause it's not like the average person is, is taking a bunch of the, the sea vegetables or like going in the ocean and like just picking out algae and just coming home and, and using that to make a salad. Right. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> and again, I love what you said. It's, this is not a replacement. Like you can't supplement your way into good health. I mean, you can just enhance and optimize your health with eating well and moving your body, but it's not like you can't just sit on the couch and eat cheese steaks and do nothing. And then just take supplements and expect to be healthy. So Jason and Colleen, this has been awesome. I've really enjoyed you guys, our conversation and appreciate you taking the time. Where can people find out like more about you if they want to learn more about the podcast, about the supplements, about what's coming next for Mind, Body, Green and, and that sort of thing? Sure. So the best place is Mind, Body, Green. Go to mindbody.com, Mind, Body, Green. We got our podcast on there. We have our supplements on there on social media, Mind, Body, Green. So Mind, Body, Green everywhere. <laughs> And it's my body green, one word too. It's just one word. Cool. Yes, I love it. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. And for those listening, what I always try to recommend is that you share the episode and you don't just share it, you share a takeaway. So tag mind body green, tag myself. I'll include the social media in the show notes. 
with a takeaway. Maybe, maybe it was something Colleen or Jason said in their journeys. Maybe it was something they shared about health and wellness, the supplements, whatever it was, share it, tag them, tag me. And uh, we look forward to hearing your feedback. And uh, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we'll see you next time.